Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Learning Exchange. Last week, I was reading an article that was focused on uh, the trainer toolkit, we'll call it. And uh, specifically, it was focusing on what we've seen happen within uh, the year of 2020. And uh, this article really left an impression on me. It was, it was the first time that I saw things really articulated in a specific way. It took all of the available tools that someone might be using in the process of building or deploying learning. And it broken down into several categories. And it, it was when I saw everything articulated in this way that it, it forced me to pause and really look within to explore how I was using each of these categories, if I was using each of these categories, and uh, kind of what the value, what the purpose was. And it, it identified for me a couple of areas of opportunity, but also um, helped me really reconnect with purpose uh, to the intentions behind the approach. In, in 2020, a lot of things bubbled to the surface. We, we learned a lot about who we are. We learned a lot about our resiliency. We learned a lot about how to navigate really uncertain times. And from an L&D perspective, we also got a lot of great insights. We started to really understand what was working, uh, what was not working, and perhaps uh, what, what the challenges were that we maybe either didn't see or we just haven't paid attention to. And um, so what I wanted to do now is really talk through some of these categories that bubbled up and uh, share my thoughts and hopefully spark you to, to think about some of these things yourself. In it, in 2020, I think we have such a broad spectrum of tools that are available. And when I, when I say tools in context of the, the discussion today, it's really about the technology. Uh, there are so many different pieces of technology that we use every day. And sometimes we may or may not think about those in context of learning activities or learning experiences for our employees. Um, so I'll, I'll dive right in. I think I'm going to touch on uh, maybe 10 to 15 of these different tool areas and, and just start to uh, explore. So uh, we start with the course authoring tools. Definitely the, the easiest one that I think is on everybody's list. It's, uh, it's really what are the tools you're leveraging to develop interactive e-learning? Now, when we think about course authoring, we're talking about combining a bunch of learning activities. So it's more than just that video. It's more than just a SCORM package. Um, it's, it's a wide variety of things. But typically, the courses get architected together in something like uh, Rise or Storyline or Captivate, depending on what your approach is. Now, underneath that, we also have a, a set of tools that are the content development tools. And 
These are the tools that we often see people using throughout the business to capture the snippets of content that may go into a course, uh, thinking about creating a lot of digital assets like video clips or images or infographics. And some of the usual suspects here are going to be things like the Adobe Creative Suite or the Production Suite if you're doing video things. Um, or you may have any number of other tools that are leveraged for really creating the content. There are a wide variety of web-based solutions, uh, things like Visme that allow you to create really, really fun presentations, but also infographics. There are um, other tools like Doodly that allow you to create more uh, kind of cartoon style things that you can embed in your overall learning to help change the pace. So uh, a wide variety of tools just in those two categories. Uh, so think about in your own organization, what are the tools that you're leveraging for creating courses, for authoring the kind of total finished product? And then what, what kind of tools go into supporting that in, in developing the individual assets? Are there other people within your organization that are contributing to content? And if so, uh, what tools are they using? And is, is there a strategy? Is there some guidance or governance that can help um, create consistency that can also help aid you as you start to leverage more of the organization to contribute to learning. The next category is the learning platform. And here there are so many options. Um, uh, Skooks as a, as a product fits here in this learning platform bucket. Uh, but you have a lot of different categories and subcategories. There are learning management systems. There are learning experience solutions. There are assessment solutions. There are um, micro learning solutions. All of these things are really considered in that learning platform. So what is your learning platform? Or do you have multiple learning platforms? And, and really, what's the strategy that surrounds how people leverage that tool? Uh, is it just about the compliance or is it just about the mandatory training that you're assigning to folks? Is, is that a place where people go only to consume learning? Is there more that they could do there? And if so, how are you leveraging it? We also have uh, another tool in our toolkit. Uh, it's the online learning option. So there are a ton of sites where you can go to consume learning outside of your own LMS or your own learning platform. Sometimes these things are built in. Um, you're, you've got integrations in place that allow everything to kind of launch from a central point. Other times it's all very disparate and we have people logging in 10 different systems. But we say something like online course content, we're really talking about the, um, the, the LinkedIn learnings of the world. The, uh, those offerings which are structured learning engagements uh, not the free stuff that you might find from a Google search. We'll talk about those in a minute, but just uh, other stuff that's really more organized in, in a traditional learning format. Next, we have the, the category of online search. Um, yeah, it, it is a tool that is definitely prevalent in learning. Uh, when I think about my own personal learning one of my go-tos is always Google, right? I go right to search and I enter my search terms and I pull up some information. Sometimes I get to an article that I can read. Sometimes I find an infographic. Sometimes I find a video. Uh, but search is really helping to uh, kind of guide me 
to the most common results, the most popular results based on how I structure my search query. Now, we know that it is very natural behavior for people to do this in their daily lives. So we should also expect that they're going to do this in their professional lives. With that being said, um, how are you leveraging search engines as part of your learning strategy? Or are you? Uh, if you're not, don't feel bad. There are a lot of us who haven't really taken a step back and, and looked at that Look, just looked at it in that way to say, oh, that's actually a tool. And how can I guide people on how to leverage that for learning? Or how do I guide my team as we're building learning to leverage that in a specific way? Um, you also have other web resources. So there's tons of repositories like YouTube and Vimeo and TED that have all of this content. Uh, YouTube is one of my usual suspects when I'm on the search for a quick how-to, if I'm trying to teach myself something new or, or get unstuck, uh, most of the time I go right to my Google search. And through there, I end up looking at one or two articles. And if that doesn't do it for me, then I move right into the video channel, uh, which almost always leads me down to YouTube. Now, we also have to start thinking about how our organizations have changed in 2020. Uh, in many cases, we've seen our, our workforce get heavily distributed into remote environments. And that oftentimes is not in alignment with how we built our, our training. Um, it is not how we thought about the organization at the time that we were creating the content. And so we may find that in some, some ways, the content's out of alignment, the content needs to be reworked. Uh, but that also means that there's additional ways that people can connect and learn. Sometimes the learning platform will offer these uh, opportunities to connect with one another, to, to network, to communicate, uh, to collaborate. But other times the learning platform that you have may not have those pieces built in. Uh, while it's not ideal to have to go external, um, to, to get to that kind of experience, I think there are a number of tools that that we need to, to really honor as part of our learning strategy. And, you know, it starts to get into things like social networks and communities. Think about the, the value of something like the professional communities that exist within LinkedIn. Um, there's even some professional groups that show up on Facebook where a lot of really good dialogue happens. It's this ability for us to connect with other people, get different perspectives, share ideas, and hopefully come away with something that helps me move forward past whatever obstacle I was facing. Now, there's also an opportunity to take that and do it internally. Uh, a lot of times we see this take place inside the, the learning solution where you're creating these kind of connections and these groupings or network channels that allow for, uh, for your population to connect with one another in the same way. Uh, so I, I, in one of my earlier episodes, I talked about the power of community and how are we as learning and development really thinking about creating community in our learning activities. This fits right into that experience. It is, in many cases, more effective when employees are receiving peer coaching and that informal learning because I'm, I'm reaching out to someone I trust whose opinion I know that I value and respect out of the gate. And I'm seeking to understand not just their perspective, is this the right thing? Is this the best thing? Do you recommend going a different direction? 
but also understanding why. What was their experience? What led them to that particular perspective or opinion? And uh, might my opinion or my decision be any different if I understood that and kind of their journey and then looked at my own journey? Now, we also continue to go deeper with that need to connect people to allow them to communicate. So we see chat tools and video meeting tools. We'll put those kind of in one bucket, but it's the um, it's the Skypes and the Zooms and the GoTo and the WebEx. And you know, really, I think many of us have been forced to, to layer that into our learning strategy because, quite honestly, we lost the ability to get to people in person. So we had to find another way. And uh, in 2020, that way was leveraging virtual meetings to replace that in person, but also to connect people, to try and keep engagement, to try and keep some interaction more than just, we're gonna send you a bunch of things to read. Now, when we get into something like those virtual spaces, it also starts to open our mind to other ways that we can leverage technology to really drive engagement. Uh, whether it's engagement with the activity at hand, the, the actual engagement with other people, or engagement with the content, uh, you know, there are a lot of live engagement tools that, that come to mind. I think two that pop to mind immediately are Kahoot, if you want to play around with kind of the gaming experience and really, really just changing it up a little bit. You could also work in something like a Poll Everywhere, where you get a chance to, to interact in a variety of ways Again, it kind of just breaks it up. It gives the opportunity for the employee or the learner to really give live feedback, to, to interact in the moment in, in just a little bit different way. Then we have the whole suite of collaboration tools, and that is where we see your Slacks and Teams and Yammer, and there's about 100 that I could list there. And if you're like me, there's a good chance you've worked in an organization where you've got like 10 of these tools and nobody's really clear on which one to use for which purpose because they all kind of do the same thing. You might have a Slack here and a Yammer there and a Teams over here and the company's not quite sure which one is the official and we're going to use this one for a piece of the population and that one for other purposes, but nobody really articulates the purpose. Uh, so the challenge for us as learning professionals is to, to do that. It is really to identify out of all the different categories I've talked about so far, like which, which of these things is part of your strategy? And not just which of them is part of your strategy, but articulate very clearly how and why it's part of your strategy so that you can be clear when you communicate to your learners, when you communicate to managers who are being asked to hold learners accountable. Uh, it, it just helps us better articulate and it helps the learner better understand the purpose. Uh, when they interact with our learning, it, it just kind of ties it all together. And I'd be remiss if I didn't also talk about the category of forums and surveys. So this is a place where we can collect feedback on a variety of mechanisms. Now I talked about live engagement a minute ago and there's some overlap uh, with those live engagement tools. You also can do the surveying and the polling but we're, we're really being specific in this category because the intention here is evaluation. The intention here is I wanna collect information 
that I can assess, I can summarize, and I can then come back and, and take action on. Whereas the live engagement is really more about just in the moment, trying to get the learner more connected, more engaged in what they're doing. And then uh, the, the last two categories I really want to talk about are the file sharing and the, uh, we'll call it the office tools and, and suites. And you've got within file sharing, it's where are all your documents and files stored and how are you sharing those? Um, are you collaborating with people throughout the organization? And what does that look like? Are you putting things in Dropbox to exchange? Or are you using something like Google Drive and Google Suite where you've got that ability to uh, kind of mix and match and share? And that dovetails right into that Office tools and suites. Are you leveraging Microsoft Office? Are you leveraging Google Suite? Are you leveraging um, Open Office? There are, again, a lot of options. And sometimes organizations may not have a standard or they might have multiple standards. But again, we kind of come back to that same challenge of how, how do I know what thing I need to use for what purpose? So the lot of information, there are hundreds of tools that are available and in a lot of cases, I think we find ourselves using them without even realizing that we're using them as part of our day-to-day -day activities in support of delivering learning to the organization. So my, uh, my tip for you, as well as the action item for myself as part of this conversation is to take stock of all of the tools that come into play when we are going through an exercise of developing a learning activity. And that means from the very beginning needs analysis, what are all the tools that are leveraged as part of that process? And how do you work your way through the analysis, through the design, through the development, all the way through to the evaluation? Um, what, what are all the pieces that you touch? What are all the pieces that someone else involved would touch? And then take a look at that and, and see if number one, if there's a reason to simplify then great, you can simplify this stack and make it very clear and easy. If there is not a need to simplify, then there is a need to specify which of these tools is leveraged for which purpose and for which scenarios so that you can become more consistent and your audience and those who are contributing can also have, just have a more collaborative, more symbiotic relationship. Now, we know that L&D will continue to evolve, and as a result, we will all continue to learn and have to find ways to adapt to meet the changing demands of the world around us and what that does to the workforce we have access to. Um, it is uh, Everyone's hearts and minds have been impacted. Attitudes and behaviors have shifted. Skills have, have uh, emerged as kind of new areas of focus. In some cases, those are a big departure from the skills that we were thinking about at the beginning of the year. So there, there's a lot of move, movement and momentum. And, and the one thing that is key is for us to remember that as learning and development professionals, flexibility and adaptability are critical. However, we also have to be willing to be very specific, to put in some guardrails, and to clearly define what the experience is in interacting with our developing learning activities. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, and never stop learning. Mm -hmm.
Thank <laughs> you.